everybody. It is Dave and Jeff. It is February 16th, 2022. <laughs> I tell you what, Dave, we have been very, very lucky in 20 plus years of doing this show to see a lot of things, to meet a lot of people. I don't know when those two came together better than they did this past Sunday. Uh, not together, but texting throughout the course of the day, watching the LA Rams win the Super Bowl in SoFi. And for you and I, obviously the focal point was watching number 20, the safety for the Rams, Eric Weddle, doing his thing. And what a pleasure to have number 20 back. Eric, I, there's so much to cover, and I can't thank you enough for the time. But how many times over the last 48 hours, the last five weeks, have you found yourself just going, come on, man? Like, what? what is going on? <laughs> I can't. I lost count. I'm not, I'm not even, even going to lie. Uh, transpired over five weeks is truly remarkable in the sense that, you know, how, how was I the lucky one that this was happening to, right? Like, what if, how was I, what, what did I do to be uh, this fortunate to have this opportunity and to end the way it did. I mean, honestly, I, I, I would probably think a thousand times, like, is this really happening or am I really back playing? What? It's, uh, it's been a constant mental battle of realization of what has happened over the last five weeks to, that accumulated with a Super Bowl win. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to, to make sense of it all. You know, obviously everybody has a story. I mean, the journey to become a professional athlete and to play in a Super Bowl and become a world champion, there's more than just you involved. I mean, we all know about the story with your family because we've seen it up close here. But what makes it kind of cool for me as a dad, I know Jeff has a dad, your, your son is at the age where he probably even appreciates it more, where, you know, you just coached him. I mean, this is part of your life. It's part of his life. And all of a sudden, he's a kid. How cool is it that, you know, here's a kid that goes to school and his dad's a Super Bowl champion? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's probably been the, the, probably the coolest part uh, of this whole thing. One, the, the first is probably the support and the love I've felt the entire way has been like nothing I've ever felt. Like I've said to you guys before, I, I mean, I really felt it every step of every day. And the love and kindness that was shown to my, my family over the last five weeks with friends and family helping out with rides and pickups and sending dinners and just doing anything they could to help knowing Chanel was by herself. And then the opportunity my kids, especially my older two, to uh, experience this and to see uh, dad in a light that maybe they didn't really see when they were younger, right? Like seeing me uh, go away. They, they saw me, you know, when I was talking to them at night, what my day was doing in the hours and the time and the, the effort put in every single day. Uh, I think they appreciate it a little bit more and understand that when I say certain things to them about working hard and doing things right and putting your hundred percent effort in everything you do, it, it really, I hope that they see me do it 
that they can understand and appreciate a little bit more of what I did for so long. And two, that they can apply those same things to their lives when they get into high school and they get into college or the real world that, listen, nobody can tell them what they're going to do. They decide what they want to do. And if you put your heart, soul, and mind into it and, and uh, determine what you want to do, you can do it. You know what's so fun about this story for me and Dave? We ha- we got you back a couple of weeks ago, and I was laughing with Dave because, Eric, do you know Brett Boone, former MLB second baseman living yeah. here in San Diego? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, huh? so Brett comes in during baseball playoffs and, and will break things down, and it was funny. About seven weeks ago, Dave and I are talking, and I said, you know, I, should, I had to reach out to Weddle. It'd be kind of fun to reconnect. And he could be kind of our guy going through the playoffs in the Super Bowl. And then there's a part where it's like, you know what, man? He's just coaching. He's with his kids. He's living his life. Let's just let him do his thing. And then you end up being the story. We're laughing the whole time. It's so funny, right? And then uh, I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'm going to bug you one way or the other. But the thing that was so fun was when we had you back a couple of weeks ago. It's just you're our buddy. And we're we're having fun and we're sharing these stories. And all of a sudden... That interview took off, and Eric Williams picked it up and ran it with Fox Sports. We never sent it to Eric. Jim Trotter picked it up, ran it with NFL.com. I know Dave will tell you the same thing, Eric. I had so many people stop and say, you have no idea how much I connected to his story and how much I'm cheering for him as much as a guy walking the street can relate to an NFL player. But you and I have a mutual appreciation for MMA. And this is what I thought about all day Sunday. One of the most fascinating things that I was lucky enough to do was travel that UFC circuit, and I would be there in the hotel in the morning, Eric, and I was fascinated watching the different approach of fighters on fight day. Some guys were so jittery. Other guys that looked like Dan Henderson looked like he was going golfing at Riviera. So that was the one thing <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about for you. You got up so many mornings and had played the game, but on Sunday you're getting up and you're playing in the Super Bowl. For you, in the morning, are you zen? Are you at peace? Are you at wired? What was your mindset in the morning as you made your way over to SoFi Stadium? It, it was uh... – it was much different than uh, my last final game in LA in 2019. Uh, you know, it was I was super. Uh, I wouldn't say emotional in the sense where I was like, you know, crying and all that stuff. I'm not a crier. I think I've cried twice in my life. Uh, but it was emotional in the sense like, this is it. This will be the last time I walk through the the tunnel. This is the last time I'm going to put on the shoulder pads. Like you, 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 you go through those. Uh, visions in your mind throughout the day. You, know, you have all your family there. They're there for the, the only sole reason to be there for your last game. And this time around, it was a much clearer focus on the job at hand. Like, I could care less about anything other than winning the game, right? I didn't, I didn't care how I played. I didn't care what the score was. I didn't care about the stadium, the celebrities, the halftime show, The Rock taking 17 minutes to do <laughs> his pregame show that did absolutely nothing uh, but made us wait longer to kick the ball off. Like, the fans, I love them, but 
nothing, nothing mattered other than getting the job done. And that's how it's been every single moment of the last five weeks, right? I've been so ingrained mentally to doing whatever it took to get the job done, right? What was the job done to get done for the day? Mentally, physically, learning the system, getting my body right, working out twice a day, adding muscle, running, lifting, doing it all over again the next day and over and over and over again. And then we win. Oh, well, it looks like I get another week here. So it was much more of a clear mind, a focus, uh, a very distinct just calmness about myself, about the game. I, I was 100% believed that we were going to win, that it was meant to be, and I was never, ever worried and never was deterred from that. Uh, and it was just a, a freeness that, that really I felt over the last four or five weeks that I never really had played this freely ever in my entire career. Why? I don't really know why, but uh, you could just tell. And for that reason, man, it was just uh, an excitement to get to the game and to go out and play great and get that W. And all I envisioned, all I could see, all I could dream were zeros on the clock and, and Rams win. And it sure came true. You know, we've talked to so many people who have played in Super Bowls who say they get overamped. I mean, we know these are basically a lot of young guys that play this game. And they say a lot of times after the first quarter, they have nothing left because they've used all their energy throughout the day <laughs> yeah. and, and getting ready and all the hype. And then they go, oh, my God, I didn't have anything for the second, third or fourth. You as a veteran, were you looking at some of those young guys about their mindset and making sure that they had the same attitude you had? Yeah, I mean, I, I was just trying to uh... – be that calming voice for the guys and to, you know, let them know that it's going to be a long day. It's going to be, you know, the, the game itself, uh, it's, it's hard, it's hard to, it's hard to explain how I felt like I didn't, I felt I've played in bigger magnitude type games than the Super Bowl on Sunday for whatever reason. And I think it was maybe where I was in the state of mind. I didn't, I didn't really, uh, you know, that all the outside interference creates that illusion that this game is so big, right? That, that the, the game, the, the field is bigger than what it normally is, right? Or, or what you've been doing your whole career, it, you got to do more than in this game. Somehow, some way, you got to do more. It's like, no, 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 it's, it's the same game. It's the same 53 by 120, right? And the, the teams that handle that, are the teams that usually win. So, uh, you know, I thought we had a great plan, the, the, the trainers and the staff timing wise, when to, when to peak, when to, when to get our bodies going, when to reactivate in halftime, you know, doing all those little things to, to make sure we're conserving our energy, but also being able to amp up when we're ready and, and the time is right for that. So, uh, it was just a, it was just an incredible day outside of the theatrics of the other 10 other thousand things that are going on despite the football game. Yeah. You mentioned the rock and I remember a couple years back watching him on an interview and they were talking about injuries for training that he went through. And he said he had come back for the WWE, one of their big events. And he said about three minutes into his match, he tore a pectoral muscle and he said it was one of the worst 
pains he'd ever been through from football or anything else he did. And ironically, here we are in the first quarter, and I see you go down, and I see where you're grabbing, and I'm like, that's not good. Eric, walk us, <laughs> right? walk us through the play, because we had just said, like, stay healthy. Walk us through, and at what point does adrenaline take over? And I, I saw your quote today knowing you. You said, I'm not coming out of this game. This is what we play for. But walk us through the play and what happens throughout the course of the afternoon as you're trying to do right by your team, but also trying to do the right thing playing through the injury. Yeah, it, it was it was like nothing I had ever felt or experienced, uh, quite honestly. Uh, it was the eighth play of the game. We went four and out and then three and out, and I think it was the first play of that third drive. And I came off a block, mixing came through the run, and I, you know, I shed to the block, and the, my left arm was still on the block, and so I put my right arm and kind of just, I knew I was going to get trucked, so I kind of, you kind of just put your body in the way and hope that he just falls over you. And uh, I got just tumbled on, and literally, I I roll over and I immediately my shoulder back here, and I'm like, it felt like as if you're laying on the ground, and someone, and this is how I envisioned it in my mind in the moment that someone was like maybe 10 feet above me and just jumped down and put their foot and just smashed my shoulder chest there. Jeez. Like that's, it felt like I got kicked. Like the hardest kick you've ever felt. That's what it felt like in my chest. And I was like, Holy smokes. What, how did this happen? Like, I didn't know what to think. And then I just started moving my arm and I'm like, Oh man, this doesn't, this doesn't feel right. But I'm like, whatever, I got to go. I got. I'm getting the D coordinators yelling in my ear, so I'm like, "Get up, Eric! Go to the huddle, get the calls out, line up, get your checks, get lined up, get to the next down." And uh, it really, it really took my breath away later in that drive when I hit Mixon on the in inside the red zone. We had a zero called, and me and the other safety were at a combo coverage with the tight end and back, and he ran fast up flat right now. So I came off the tight end and went to the flat and. I threw it in there in my whole right side. It, it was like a shock of, it felt like my right side exploded on me when I was laying there. And all I could think about was, this is definitely my peck. Uh, and I just hope like you just see the, you, you see the videos of guys ripping their peck off. And I'm just like, I'm just hoping my peck is still there. Like that, that's all I was thinking. Like, well, you know, I know I did something bad to it. I just hope, like, at the end of the day, my peck is still there somehow. Uh, so I come off to the sideline, and I'm like, I think something's, I think something's wrong. <laughs> and my trainer, Reggie, comes, and, he, and he's like, what are you doing? What, what, what are you feeling? I'm like, I don't know. Like, it's right in my chest, shoulder. And he feels it, and he goes, well, uh, you, definitely, you definitely did something. And then we went through all the exercises. I mean, it's like, yeah, you're, you're definitely, definitely did something bad. And I'm like, all right, well, what's, what are we going to do? Like, what, I'm not coming out. So what's the plan? He's like, well, we, all we can do is harness it up. So we harnessed it up. And, uh, basically like in my mind, I'm like, I can't do anything worse to it. And I can deal with a lot of pain and you just kind of block it out as best you can. And you get the job done. And in the moment, all I was thinking about was 
what's my job? My job isn't to worry about the pain. My job isn't worry about my chest. My job is to get the calls, get the calls out, get lined up and go play great. And literally that's all I was thinking about is get up, get the calls out, get the play going, do it over again, do it again and again until we win this game. And looking back on it, I honestly don't know how I was, how I was doing it and how I did it. I probably had a lot of help from the man above get me through that game. Uh, but to be in it and to play through that was uh, probably one of the craziest things I've ever done. Not gonna lie. You know, you, you last time you were on with those was right after the 49ers game where you, you, you didn't come <laughs> out and you led the team in tackles and you told us how bad you felt, you know, two days after the game that the adrenaline wore off. You know, you talk about uh, this is the Super Bowl and there's adrenaline involved. The halftime is extended from a normal game. When you're in the in the locker room during halftime, when the adrenaline starts to run off a little bit, do the pain get worse at the half? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, then, then you get evaluated and then you realize you did tear your pack. You ruptured it. There's nothing there. Uh, and you're now thinking, okay, well, I basically played a quarter already with it. Then my mind's thinking, all right, I could, I could finish the game. Like I'm not, I had already moved past that, you know, even though at that point it was hurting way more. Uh, but then you kind of improvise, you kind of, you kind of, you know how to play the game within the game. And, and I was, you know, I had a few tackles where I was just my left side, even though my right arm and right side of my body was still getting jolt of almost like electricity every time I would run, move or anything. But you just you just make it work. You find a way to get it done. And uh, at the end of the day, there's there is no excuses when you when there is no tomorrow. There was no tomorrow for me, right? There wasn't the next season. There wasn't another game. There wasn't another practice. So for me, it was like, of course I'm going to try to keep playing, right? Like I can I can worry about this the next you know fifty something years. I'm I'm on this earth. Why well, I, I say. I really should say 67. I'm going to live till I'm at least 100. So I'll <laughs> yeah. say 67. Uh, you know, and and not worry about stuff I can't control, right? But what I can control is how I react, how I attack the situation, how I get up and, and move past it and move forward, right? Don't look back. Just continue to move forward. Keep steps, baby steps. And, uh, man, it was... It was, I mean, I got surgery set for Friday Ugh. and, uh, it was, uh, you know, what was crazy is looking back on it now, you know, most times they just, your arm gets extended and then usually it gets grabbed or pulled or that impact is what tears it right off the bone. Well, mine was a little bit different. It was basically the impact from my teammate, me and me. On that tackle, it, it, it was the impact that snapped it instantly, which was which was different in those in those cases that it was the it was the impact of a like a trauma to my chest was the reason I ruptured my pec, not because I was extended in the sense where I got out extended in, in, it, in it and I got extended too far, uh, which was crazy. Uh, to, to say the least. And, uh, you know, they said they'll, they'll hopefully be able to fix it, and I'm hoping they do. And then uh, at the end of the day, if you would have told me you're going to get a Super Bowl ring and all you have to do is tear a peck, 
to do it, I'd, I'd sign up and do it. So let's go. <laughs> I've listened to this story. I've listened to you tell this story. You're like, ah, oh, you know, this is what happened. It's like you got a flat tire in the parking lot at Ikea. It's like, dude, 90% of the people listening to this are like, that is crazy. I w- hey, let's jump to the last five minutes of this game because all of yeah. us are watching. OBJ has been playing great. He goes out. You're already out with Higby, right? We know Robert Woods is out. Everybody in the place knows that it's got to be going to Cooper Cup. And what a credit to McVay. What a credit to Stafford, to Cup, to Kevin O'Connell. But as you're sitting there and you're watching it, Eric, we're watching it as fans and we're like, okay, they're driving. This is going to be it. But we're also paying attention to the clock and knowing... At least I'm watching going, my buddy out there, number 20, isn't 100%. Jalen Ramsey, for whatever reason, with that turf, was fighting the battle. So take me through, as you're watching on the sideline, your offense do an unbelievable job against a really good Cincinnati defense, and then obviously leading into the energy and the emotion led by Aaron Donald, yourself, Vaughn, and everybody else as you go out to close it out. Yeah, yeah, so we... You know, I, I'll even go back a little bit more. You know, we, we the Cincinnati was the best team in two minutes before half this year, and uh, of getting points, whether it's touchdowns or field goals. So it was a it was a big point of emphasis for us going into this game that if we do get in this situation, we have to get a stop. Like we cannot let them gain any momentum going into half. And lo and behold, that two minute drive before half, we stopped them. So we had a lot of momentum. We had a, we were we were pretty excited about how the game unfolded. They had that one big play, Jamar Chase at the sideline. And outside of that, like we really, we really stifled them for the, for the half. And, you know, they come out in that first play, they go one play, 75 yards or touchdown in which everybody knows was maybe will go down as one of the worst non-calls ever in the history of the, of the game. Brutal. Uh, For that not to happen. But you know what? That, that was a cliche and that was just who we are, right? We had a bad thing happen, and no, nobody flinched, right? We just kept our heads down. We were like, we'll get it back. We'll fight through this. Then, boom, interception. Now they got the ball inside the 30, and we, we go trucking out there. And it's, it's uh, what is it, 17-13 at the time? Yeah. And we, and I just – it was myself, AD. We, we all just brought everyone in. And I, and I basically said, like, guys, we got to do whatever it takes to not – give up a touchdown right now. We have to hold them to a field goal or we have to get a turnover. Like our offense is struggling until they get things turned around. Like we have to keep ourselves in this game. And then the play on the sideline happened where AD pushed Burrow, which was totally legal. Yeah. And their old line got into AD's face. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just kind of looking at it from afar. I'm like, I'm not even going over there. These guys are too big. I got one arm. I can't do anything. So I'm just going to go back to the middle and get ready to, to, to call the play. And it was probably, it was definitely the turning moment in the sense where it pissed off AD. It pissed off our front and it ignited our defense. And from that point on, we went six straight drives where we got the ball back and basically dominated them for the rest of the game. And we, you know, AD gets the sack on that third down. We hold him to a field goal, and our confidence is extremely high. So fast forward to that last drive, 
you know, we were obviously struggling. You take away Odell, take away all our weapons. They, they could single up, they could single in on Cooper and basically stack the box. It, it was tough sledding there for a good half of the game where our offense was, was, uh, hurting. And, you know, Sean, to his credit, KO, and those guys, they went up tempo and they moved Cooper around. And a lot of times when teams go up tempo, the defensive calls shrink. Why? Because you just want to get lined up. You want to make sure the guys are in basic coverages so they, that everyone knows what they're doing. They can take away all those uh, exotic coverages, combos, man-to-man, doubles. So it was a great play to get to more untempo, no huddle on the fly to move Cooper around different positions to get him the ball. So uh, obviously that that series uh Continues on. We knew we knew Matt and them were going to get it going. I mean, Matt, especially late in game, and especially when we're down, he turns into to an all time great. Right? He has the most comeback victories in fourth quarter OT since he's been in the league. So it's it's something in them where the game's on the line. He plays great, and obviously they go down and score. And the entire time we were thinking. There, we we knew they were going to score, and then it was going to be on us to go win the game. And we we kind of turned into a team that liked that pressure. You know, we we uh, you know we got the stop in Tampa late in the game. Then the, then our offense went down and scored. Then obviously Frisco, we ended that game, and uh, we just kind of went over the situations of what they liked coming out in a two minute drill. We were going to be in our dime package with six DBs and kind of go through some formations and checks and whatnot. So they come out and with that. Jamar Chase up the sideline with a curl route and goes for 17. And we're like, okay, that's a, that's a good starting play. Then we, then we come back with a little five-man rush on first and 10. And I was on the right side uh, playing like a hot hole player off number three, which was the running back. And the running back stepped up, and then I got my eyes back to Burrow. And so I straight beeline to Boyd on the little slant route. And I threw it in there, knocked him as hard as I could, and I'm like, how in the world did this dude catch the ball? Let alone, I couldn't feel my body at the time because I had one arm, and I just threw it in there like I was like, he-man, and uh, <laughs> definitely not that. And I'd roll over, which I can't even explain how much pain I was in, and I see him have the ball in his hands, and I was just like, you got to be kidding me right now. <laughs> First down, you get, they get nine yards. So I'm like, all right, whatever, Eric, roll over. Quit feeling sorry for yourself. You got to make a call. Get up, make the call. We get a, uh, they throw the ball away on second and one. Then they come back and they run the third and one uh, run play, which AD manhandles the, the guard, pushes them into the gap, and the running back has nowhere to go. Basically tackles them with one arm doesn't let them gain any yards. So then they call timeout, and it's it's fourth and one. And we come to the side, and we're just talking about what to expect. Are they going to run? Are they not going to run? What are, their, like, what are their go-to plays? Who 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 comes to life on their go-to uh, situations, right? Chart, you know, Jamar Chase comes alive. T. Higgins is one of their go-to players on their got-to-have-it situation. So we're going through all that. And they come out in there at three by one. We have a man combo uh, coverage called, and, and I'm on number three, which is Boyd. And number two was a tight end, and our nickel was on him. 
We had Jalen Backside on Jamar Chase, and then we had Darius Williams on Higgins, who was at number one. And I noticed that Mixon wasn't in the game. So I was like, they're for sure not running the ball. So let's get ready to play the pass. And they, on their three-by-one formation, uh, they do a bunch, but you got to know where they're positioned, what, who is where, right? So when Boyd was at number three on the ball, he either liked an over route or he liked to pivot, right? That Those were the two things he ran. And also is the combinations outside were either Indy, which is two double ends, or they would go flat slant. And so I come out and I alert, I said, alert the pivot, alert the scene to my, to T rap who was inside of me. And on that, if any in-cut, I would have let that go and I would flash back to the second window. And when the ball, when they were going through their audibles and checks, AD talked a lot about this as well, uh, that he heard the O-line checks and the O-line calls, so he knew it was passed. So therefore, he had his best pass rush move and get off, and he wasn't even worried about run, which makes sense because that's what the great ones do. You take all your information, you take all that preparation and apply it uh, when it matters most. And when the ball snaps, boom. T. Higgins hesitates for a second, then runs inside. T. Rap grabs him. I flash to the second window where the slant was. D. Will had a great break. And then me, seeing me flash that window, uh, Joe looked at that. That's where he wanted to go at first is that slant. And we all kind of converged that area. So when he pulled it down and started to run to his right, I saw this happening because I flashed the window, and then I got my eyes back to the quarterback. And I see him running, and the next instant I see AD coming out of nowhere and coming up from behind and grab him. And then in that instant, right, there's in literally one second, I went from, oh, my gosh, he's about to get hit. Then I go, wow, the ball is in the air, to we just won the Super Bowl. Wow. And <laughs> it, it literally happened in that quick where literally a second before – all I was focused in was the play, the call, what's my job, what am I going to alert, what, what am I anticipating. Not this is fourth down, not if we get this stop, we win the Super Bowl, not the crowd, not anything else. I was just in the moment, let's get this done, where literally in the middle of the play, it switched to, oh my gosh, we're going to win this, the ball's in the air, we just won the Super Bowl, holy smoke. Holy smokes. Incredible. There's so many things yeah. there that was so good on what you just did. <laughs> it's the greatest. But but, but I want to go to something. And Jeff just dropped Jalen Ramsey's name. And you talked last time you were here about all the great stories with, you know, all of them, Von Miller and, and Odell and you and, and all the guys that came in. And Jalen's one of those guys where they gave up a ton of draft picks for the best cornerback in the league. And, you know, obviously he was a focal point of covering one of the best players in the league. He, he didn't seem to have the best game, even though there was a call that was against him. Everyone in the league knows how good he is. You know how good he is. You see him all the time. But I've noticed he's like the one guy on the Rams who hasn't posted anything on social media. And I was kind of wondering, just as a teammate, is is he good? Bro, he's, he's, a, uh, he's a very unique, he's very hard on himself if he doesn't uh, exceed his expectations every week. And uh, I know he feels like there's some plays that he wish he had back, but also nobody understands on the outside how much pressure we put on Jalen every single snap. We literally put him on an island so we could double and shade and push coverage away from him literally every snap. Like, I don't think I helped him at all 
whether it was cover two help, whether it was a shade, two man, not once throughout that game. So when people look at, man, he got beat on the nine route, I mean, that was just an incredible throw and an incredible burst by Chase to just find the ball and then literally somehow find a burst of two, three steps to even have a chance to make a one-handed catch, right? Uh, and then the curl late in the game. I mean, outside of that, he had a couple PBUs. He was in the run fit. Uh, you know, he did everything that we, we needed him to do to be great. And then, and then on the side of that, it's just like how AD gets double teamed all the, all the time, but then another guy comes free or another guy beats a one-on-one because of AD. Like a lot of the success we have on the back end is because of Jalen Ramsey and what we can do because he's on our team. So, uh, we're very fortunate in, to have a guy like that. And I, I don't really know about the social media stuff. Like I'm not on social media anymore, so I don't, I don't really know, but I know that he's a Super Bowl champ and that's all that really he, he cares about at the end of the day. You know, we all could have played better in that game. I could have had a couple plays that I wish I, I would have played better on. So, uh, but you also have to understand that he's literally on an Island every single time. Uh, you're always so generous with your time. I only got two quick things for you, and then we'll, I'll get you out of here because we just can't thank you enough. But the one thing, Eric, that I that I thought of when that game was over, and I'm watching all the different post-game coverage, and they're, they're talking about everybody on that team, right? And But obviously I'm paying attention for you. And the thing that was really cool is how many guys, right, from Sean McVay and others call your name out. And I, I just, why that meant so much to me is because covering you from the time you, you got here to San Diego, laughing about how you ruined my night at the San Diego State game when you did everything <laughs> you could with Utah. I was like, who is this guy? Like, is there anybody? And then watching everything, but knowing that you were the consummate teammate, the consummate leader, a guy that was always at Chargers Park when Dave and I were doing those shows in July, you were always one of the first guys there. And and listen, maybe I'm completely off base and you can tell me. But I would think there is a part of you that goes, damn, I wasn't here in July. I wasn't here in August or September through the struggles. I got here right when everything is starting to be fun, right? I didn't have to eat the vegetables. I, I get the dessert. And to see everybody on that team that you talked about, not just fans and media, but the team within that room, that embraced you, loved you like they always have, and were so quick to tell everybody what an important role you played, I would just think, knowing you like we do, that had to be maybe the coolest thing, I don't know, maybe in your career. How much did that mean to you, knowing when you came in on this team that there was never hesitation from anybody else in a helmet saying 100%, that's one of our 53, he's a brother and he always will be? Yeah, I mean you're a hundred you're a hundred percent spot on. Uh, the way the guys accepted me and the juice and energy and excitement that I felt from everybody the first day I was in there really felt and it made me confirm like this was the right decision. Right, I'm here for a reason. Right, and in that moment I didn't know what that reason was. And and looking back, you know, you kind of self reflect. That, that Niners game took a lot out of that team, uh, that week 18 matchup with so much on the line and losing the way they did. Uh, you know, maybe one of the reasons I was, was meant to come back was to bring a spark to the team and, and bring some energy and some life into a team that 
had it taken away in an instant and went from the two seed to the four seed and lost to a team for the sixth time in a row. And how are we going to get that confidence back heading to an Arizona team that we went one and one against during the, during the season? Uh, you know, amongst other, other reasons, right? Like, you know, maybe that was it. Maybe that was the confidence that, that I had to come in, or maybe it was, I had to bring guys together and, and mold and, and bring that secondary closer and then put all the outside BS and quit all the, uh, you know, the, the, he said, she said, just, you know, all that stuff don't matter. I wasn't here. It doesn't matter what happened. I'm here now. So let's go be great. Right. What is it going to take for us to be great on Arizona? Right. And then you can continue to move on week to week and, and how I progressed and, and just gave it, you know, I, I went in not worried about stepping on anyone's toes because look at this is, they needed me. It wasn't, it wasn't the other way around. I didn't, I didn't search for this, right. They came to me and, and needed my assistance to help this team. And that means you're going to get everything that I bring to the table. And, uh, I, I was very reserved the first few weeks, right. When I was around certain guys, just to listen, just to feel, feel them out, understand how the team's been, what they've been through try to uh, relate and try to get an idea of how I could help. And then from that point on, after that Tampa game, it was, it was as if I had been a part of the team the entire season. And, and I had earned that right by the way I worked, by the way I prepared myself, uh, by the way I treated my teammates and took an onus on each one of trying to help them, trying to prepare them for what was to come. And like you said, to, to have them say those things at the end of the season when it eclipsed with a Super Bowl championship, it, it that that means more than anything of what I did on the field because you know you touched the hearts of those guys and helped them in a way to to reach the ultimate goal, and that was win a Super Bowl championship. You know, Eric, amazing career with a, a lot of years, obviously, that you have put into this sport. When it was over, besides the fact that Jeff and I texted you, what was it like when your <laughs> former teammates reached out to you? Man, it was it, it was just incredible. I mean, from Phil to Gatesy, the Jam to to guys at B More, TJ, Veen, uh, man. I mean, to owners, Steve Bashotti reached out to me, wow. Eric DaCosta, Harbs, uh, Vrabel. Uh, I mean, I could go on and on with De- Devin McCourty, Jamal Adams. Uh, you know, Quandre Diggs. I mean, every guy that I've bonded with, right? The 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 guys that I've wouldn't say helped, but just been there for, right? This league is tough. It's a lonely place at times and, and I've tried to be there for guys, not just on my team, but across the league. And to see the support and the the excitement, Derek Carr, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just thinking about names as, as it's coming along, just their love and their, and their support and how happy they were for me, right? Brian Clark, it was, you know, another guy. I mean, geez, even Mark Schlereth. I mean, talk about, <laughs> <laughs> talk about guys like, you know, just passing through. Tom Brady shot me a text. Peyton Manning, like, all these guys that I competed against and who I've earned the respect of my competitors who were – so happy that I got to experience what the joys and happiness of winning the Super Bowl because they knew how much I yearned for it and how much I wanted it. And 
it was uh, just the outpouring of love, man. I had I probably had over 400, 450 text messages after that game of people from family, friends around the league were just showing their support and uh, over over the entire thing. Like I said early on this in this interview, that the love that I felt was like nothing I felt ever before in my life, and I think. I think that's what I'll take away most from this experience of, of really, you know, I knew, I know I had people in my corner. I'm not saying I didn't, but to have everybody, right. I don't think there was one person out there, whether they liked me or not, wasn't pulling for me. You know, it's just, it was just different and it just really touched my heart. For sure. Oh, I know the one. Yeah, I and know I'll, a few. And I'll, 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 uh, <laughs> no, okay. There's only maybe only one, but well, hey, I, it, it wasn't because of my doing. That was all him, baby. Well, I got, I got to tell you, and and by the way, I'll, I'll I'll leave you in a second with who I cast in the movie. I'll I'll tell you. I'll leave you. I'll give you a teaser. I've already got your movie cast, but you got to know. I'm watching that post game interview with you, right? <laughs> And I laugh and laugh and laugh, and I get messages. I can't figure this town out. You live in this town. Your kids grew up in this town. I get more text messages from people that had their heart broken by that team leaving. Hey, what was that all about? And I go, let me tell you. So let me, I know, it's so funny. But I'll it's tell you literally, what. Literally. I'm sorry, Eric. Let yeah. me tell you what I remember about that. Because you were a frequent guest on our morning show in that final year. And we would talk on the air. We would talk off the air. And there was times when Dave Cantor, who I love because he's got a lot of WWE in him. But I remember you and I I would talk off the air. I'm like, dude, this scorched earth. I don't know if this is the play. You're like, Dave Cantor's my guy. I'm like, okay, we'll keep it rolling. But what I have said to people, Eric, is... You don't know what it's like when you put everything into a relationship. You put everything into it. You try to do everything that you're asked to do on the field and off the field. When you lose tough games, there are certain guys that are in the training room and aren't available, and there are certain guys that are there available, and that's 32. And I said, Mm. when you do everything that is asked for by an organization – when you do not find yourself on the front page for any other reason uh, but good news, when you get back in the community, and then at the end of the day, you're treated like a punk. And they treated you like a punk. I said, guys that are proud in what they do have long memories, and it came (laughs) out on Sunday. I understood it because we were there. We watched it every day. We watched when you were in the middle of the field at Qualcomm, Wondering, like, dude, where? What happened? Where are we? But I, I'll give you the floor, Dave, and I'll give you the floor because that generated so much reaction. Of course, but it's weird how people it, forget, it, it, right? It's just, it's just, it's funny to me that when when athletes are candid, right, and yeah. honest, and it's like, it's like, you know, it's funny to hear that. Oh, you know, headlines. Eric was petty of former chargers. Like I have, I'm not petty at all. I'm just stating the facts of what helped me get to this point. Right. That all needed to happen for it to come full circle and me win a championship. Right. And it, and going through that adversity, going through the worst year of my life, right. Of, of a team 
basically kicking me out and just not owning it, right? The biggest thing is you just want to be treated with respect. Don't lie to me. Don't lie to the public. Don't smash my character, right? Don't, don't make me out to be something I'm not. If you don't want me, just tell me that, right? Just be a man in my face. And other organizations are like that. And that's why I have respect for Baltimore Ravens. That's why I have respect for the Rams. Because at the end of the day, whether I agree or disagree, when you come to my face and explain to me your position, at least I can respect you. I don't have to agree with you, but I respect you. When you don't give me that, I'm going to hold on to that. And, you know, the funny story behind it all, because uh, it's been a running, uh, kind of a running joke within my inner circle that, uh, you know, at some point I would, you know, I would kind of say that as kind of like a, drop the mic type deal. Uh, but then I retired. So it was really like, uh, you know, it's, it's come and gone. The, 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 the timing was never going to happen. Well, the end of the game happens and I'm just ecstatic out of my mind. And I have a guy escort me to the, to the media row where you basically have all those, where, where you get interviewed at the, after the Super Bowl. And the guy I'm walking with was lo and behold, a huge Charger fan back in the day. Huh. And he goes he goes on this rant of how he despised them, how he was so mad, how they treated me, this and that. And literally, I it brought back that moment <laughs> of, you know what? Thank you for that because now this is a perfect time to just tell everyone how I've felt over the years. And what's helped me get to this position? What has motivated me uh, to go on to Baltimore and have a great three years there and to move on to L.A. and have a great year there? And then two years later, for some odd reason, having this crazy opportunity that, you know what, I just wanted to thank a a few people. I just wanted to thank some some friends of mine and also make sure that I thank old Tom for (laughs) treating me the way he did. Because at the end of the day, uh, I found out who was in my corner. I found out what the football life is really like, where loyalty and being honest and communication doesn't uh, happen in every person, right? And when I treat people the way I treat people, when I treat people with respect, when I try to people with kindness, when I go out of my way and help and do things the right way, and it's not reciprocated, of course I'm going to hold on to that. What are you talking about? I mean, th- th- you're talking about uh, guys in our positions where every little thing can motivate you to the ends of the ends of time, and uh, you know it's it's just the way it is. People get mad at me like I'm like I'm. Do you think I care or worry about two seconds about what he thinks or what my life has been like? You will not be in the ring of honor, buddy. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I knew that when I said I'm never going to step foot in that place ever again. Do do people not remember that? I'm a man of my word. So when I say that, that's not changing because that's what what they did to me, right? I didn't want to play football after that. When I go through that building and new people for nine years walking down the hallway and I say hello to them and they completely ignore me because they were told to, how do you think that makes you feel? How do you think that helps you want to continue playing, want to continue to work for an organization that did that to you, right? And when I help people get jobs in that organization and when the time came, 
Did they stand up for me? Of course not. Why? Because at the end of the day, a lot of people are yes men, right? Yep. And that's just not me. I stand up for what is right, and I try to do things that are right. Am I perfect? Of course not. I make mistakes all the time. But there is one thing I do is when right is right, wrong is wrong, as blatant as can be. So, uh, man, it was it was great, man. I love it. I love that people get all riled up because at the end of the day, I am great. I'm going to be great. I'm a Super Bowl champ. No one's going to take that from me. And I had a major part in bringing the championship back to L.A. for the Rams and definitely not the Chargers. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I love so many things about it. I, I Honestly, you know, everyone in Southern California – has Kobe stories. You were a huge Kobe fan when you played with the Chargers. Yeah, I know you're a huge Kobe fan all the way to the very end. I love that you use Kobe yeah. references. It's big for LA because obviously that city still hurts for Kobe. Everything mm-hmm. was, was, the timing was so perfect for me. Last thing I'm going to say to you, and I, I sent this to you, I didn't even send it to Jeff, but Jeff, here's the deal. Every person that has played safety in the NFL over the last 35 years. How about this? Who has six Pro Bowls and who has won a Super Bowl and plays safety is in the Hall of Fame. And you just talked about living to 100. I always say when you go to the Hall of Fame, it means you live forever. The Hall of Fame, has it been anything that you've ever thought about before? And honestly, there's no argument why not now, because your resume matches everyone else's. Yeah, I mean, I try to uh, I try to not put my, my mind uh, set on those kinds of things because, you know, it's it's you know, I, I have a hard time campaigning for myself and it's such a, you know, it's, it's, it would be great, right. To be immortalized in that sense and be looked at as one of the best players to ever play. And will it happen? I don't know. Will it, will it change the way I live my life? Of course not. But I think, and I hope when people look at me and they look at this five year, five week uh, run and, and really realize what I did and the challenge that I took upon. And I just hope that when they compare me to other safeties, that there is no comparison, right? Uh, nobody could have done what I did. And, and that's not just being egotistical. That's just the reality of what I just did. And the challenge that I, that I love, I love proving people wrong. And now to put a Super Bowl champ next to my name is worth every second of every heartache of every tough uh mentally tough thing that i've had to go through uh was worth it uh to be immortalized in the history book so who knows what's going to happen uh i'll let everybody else do the bidding on that and uh we'll see but uh you know adding super bowl champ the way it came about was pretty special and uh whether they take that into account or not we'll see yeah, it's the stuff legends are made of, and and we'll leave you with this. It's we have such an appreciation for who you are off the field that anything you do on the field is just it, it just adds to who you are. But it was such an exciting run. But I think Dave would agree, Eric. What I took away from it is the relationship with the Chargers is over. But next year, at some point, they're going to have something in SoFi Stadium, whether it's a ring ceremony or something to honor this team. And what I can't wait for is I will be in that stadium. It's mm. the reaction that they give when you're announced. Because, no doubt. Right? Because no that doubt. is going to be insane. And 
I'm sure at some point, whether it's a Lakers game or a Kings game, God damn, don't let it be a Dodger game. I will take you out of my phone. But, I'll be there. But, but, but finally, like, it's just so fun to see this, right? Because you didn't need it. For those of us that know you and appreciate you and love you, we knew who you are. We knew what you did. But this, to have this five magical weeks... Look, man, they're going to make a movie out of this. And I already told Dave, I got a cast. I already did it for you. Mm-hmm. Wilmer, Let me hear it. Wilmer Valderrama. Oh, son of a bitch. From that 70s <laughs> oh, my, oh, my God. Who do you have? Joe Unbelievable. Jonas? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't think either of those two could grow a beard. So they're definitely X. Yeah. Well, don't let it be like, I mean, John Hamm's like 6'6", and he's 60. It's going to be Mark Wahlberg, watch. Oh, Dave's in a Mark Wahlberg. He's 62. Oh, jeez. No. Oh, Listen, buddy. Oh, en- my God. Enjoy everything. When things slow down, we'd love to have you down one night just to hang out and, and do the whole yeah. thing. But, but we'll ride this wave. I cannot tell you how much all of us that love you and all the people that just got onto the bandwagon the last five weeks are so thrilled for you, so thrilled for your family, Eric. It's fantastic, man. It's living proof that great things happen to great people. You're one of them, man. Mm. I couldn't be more proud. I know Dave couldn't be more proud to call you a friend. You said 400 text messages were on your phone. I left you alone until today. But thank you so much for <laughs> Dude, finding I gotta the time. I got to tell you, he reached out at 321 in the morning. I was like, how, did I, even, how did I even make the I return? Did. It's crazy. I did. I, 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 it's, a, it's OCD. I cannot have any numbers on my messages. So I literally, it took me, I don't know, 530 in the morning when I finally got back. But I got back to everybody and yeah. made sure I did to thank them and you know, it's just to show my appreciation, man. It, it, it wasn't just me out there. It was all of us. And just like you two as well, man, I, I felt the love. I felt the, you know, the confidence and just the support. And, and it meant a whole lot. It meant more to me than people know. And I'm just super grateful for that. And to be able to sit here uh, as a Super Bowl champ is really for everyone in San Diego and everyone that, has supported me, you know, that the championship they deserve. Uh, hopefully they look at me as an extension of the San Diego Chargers that should have got one Well, and should still be there. Uh, I'll tell you this. I missed it when our friend Tony Gwynn got into Cooperstown. I missed it when Trevor Hoffman got into Cooperstown. But if that call ever comes, man, you know Dave and I will be there for you, brother. Appreciate nah, everything. I love you guys. Love, love you too, too brother. Man. When you get that ring, we expect to see you down here with it, showing it off. Yeah, baby. I'll be, hey, I'm going to permanently have it on my ring. <laughs> You're the greatest, man. All the best to your family. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. See oh, you my gosh. Amazing. Care. How great's that? How great's that? Uh, you know, it, it's just. Uh, I mean, I, I know you, you tell them how happy we are for them and everything. Yeah. And you and I said it on the last show. It was our favorite Super Bowl. It's crazy. I mean, we were so invested in it for a variety of reasons. Even. As you said, your son's a Rams fan. Yeah. And it's not because what else your son was a Rams yeah, fan. Yeah. This year. I, I told the story growing up how that was how I learned football was through the Rams. It just happened to be we knew somebody really well that not only was on the team, he was calling all the defensive plays. With a torn pack. Dad, give like, him credit. He should have walked over to El, uh, Odell and said, I'm fucking playing. What's <laughs> your problem? Well, it's what we talked about because I just, it, it's like anything you do, right? It, it applies to everybody. It's the appreciation of your peers that means the most of anything. And when you come in, he was always 
one of the first guys in camp, right? You're always leading uh, by example. You're trying to do the right thing. And, and that's why, man, that cut, the way that ended, we were talking a lot. Yeah. He was on the show a lot, texting a lot, talking a lot. And it was really, really hard because I think he kind of pictured a scenario um, where he could play his entire career with the Chargers. That's what yeah. he wanted to do. He loves his community, loved that fan base. But anybody that had been around it, we saw how the Spanos family worked. We saw it with Dan Fouts. Yeah. You saw it with Rodney. You saw it with Junior. You saw it with numerous others, right? And different owners. Ron Mix had his number retired, and then they put it back into rotation. Yeah, they did. And so when anybody talks about bringing Garve's number out of retirement, what you look at is you look at it from a very narrow point of view as a fan. What you don't look at it from is how that's viewed by players towards the organization. Exactly. And the San Diego Padres are trying to do everything they can to wash themselves of the reputation they have of, you know, guys that, that step on their own foot. Yeah. And one of the ways they would do that immediately is by bringing a number out of retirement. How do we know? Because Hall of Famers that we had the opportunity to talk to would laugh about the Chargers because they retired Ron Mix as 74, and then when Ron went to play one year with the Raiders, they put it back in circulation, and Ron is very well-liked around the league, right? Did yep. a lot for players. Remember, he did that insane trading card set to yep. raise money. And people would say we'd have Ron would help us get those guys on the air, and they'd be like, "How do you put a goddamn number back in rotation? Like you gotta, you gotta look at things big picture, yeah, and think of it. And the way they treated him, whether you like Weddle or you don't, it was a joke. It's why it makes it so easy for us to look at that organization and say they're arrogant and ignorant. Now I always thought it was John Spanos. I didn't realize it was Tom until Eric said it, but. He would know. Yeah. But it's just that that's the organization that was here. That's how they treated people. Yeah. And, and there's people in that front office, Dave, that when we'll get Scott Yaffe in here, there were people in that front office for 20, 25 years that were completely disrespected when the time in San Diego ended. So for, trust me, when people, when Eric took a shot at Telesco, those of you in town that had your feelings hurt, nobody gives a shit. Because there's plenty of people that were in that building that were like, fuck yeah. Whether it was Tom or Dean or any of those other goofballs in that team that fucked people over on the way out. Yeah, Eric said what a lot of people feel. No, you're 100% right on this. The, when the players notice from other organizations on yeah. how guys are treated, because you hear all the time, there are solid organizations out there. There are organizations right. that players around the league. He just talked about the Ravens. He did. I mean, the owner of the Ravens reached out to him. I mean, how great is that? So you sit there and you go, okay, if it matters to the players, maybe you don't want to give, have the reputation of being that guy. I mean, look, this isn't the first time the Chargers have done this. Ask Kellen yeah. Winslow. Right. Kellen you Winslow's know? another guy. Yeah. I mean, we, and that was the Spanos. Was the, that the Spanos was, There's a Spanos issue. There was, yeah. a, there's a Spanos Dan? issue because when you and I first started in 98, yeah, Kellen. I told the story how Kellen was my favorite Charger growing up. And then yeah. I was told at commercial break, don't ever bring up Kellen Winslow's name again. Unbelievable. Remember that? Yep. And I was like, what the hell's going on? I had no idea that there were, there were issues. 
And that's why I used to get nervous when you were hearing stories with the pods because you don't want to see the pods fuck this up. They're trying to do too many things right. in the right direction. And then all of a sudden, you know, ripping the shit out of guys when guys are leaving or not living up to their contracts. Like players know guys aren't living up to their contracts. Yeah. I mean, fans know. But you can't go after the players because it might hurt you down the line when you want someone who's trying to yeah. choose between Chicago and San Diego. And just yeah. the right way and a wrong way of doing it. I have no issue at all with what Eric said. As he said, my career is over, so fuck it. I'm going to tell you exactly what I think, and I was treated <laughs> like shit at the end. <laughs> I, I thought it was great because I had somebody, good friend of ours, reach out yesterday and said, hey, I don't know Weddle, what'd you make of it? I said, I was there. We were David, I watched it every day. I go, what? I go, who the hell am I to talk? I rip I heart every chance. But I've also said what Eric said. When we left Fox Sports Radio, they were great to us. When we left uh, Free FM, uh, they sure. were great to us. KFMB, I love all those guys. Treat us great, right? I mean, the management team that we dealt with, Dave Sniff, Tracy Johnson, they weren't involved in the overall thing that, that ended our show there. Love those guys. Um 1090? Oh, Mike Shepard's a dipshit. Absolute dipshit. Right? Norm Foyer, some other dipshit with a big tomato on his shirt. And then uh, the jerk-off said, I heart. Brian Long's a fucking moron. Like, fuck those guys. Who gives a shit? I know people in the building here. I could not give less of a fuck. I, I, I'm very confident in knowing what I know about that business and there's not a bigger fucking dipshit. Well, those three guys could be in the dipshit <laughs> Hall of Fame right there. <laughs> Foyer, Shep, who got a fucking guy, a dick of me. Yeah. Okay. Would you ever tell me that a DJ turned you upside down and put you in a trash can? Almost suffocated. I almost passed out. You don't tell me stuff like that as a supervisor. What did he call him a little piece of shit and then dumped him in the trash can? I believe it was Kimmo from uh, from Kason, who's great. Kimmo's a legend in this town. I I don't know him, but we have mutual friends that they swear by him. I would buy Kimmo a beer if he drinks. I'd buy him a goddamn margarita. Yeah, an enemy of my enemy is my friend. Because he took that little shit. No, 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 no. You get in there. I've never as mad as I've ever because of the lining in the trash can. That's a true story. That's so fucking funny. It's true. And this guy was going to give me advice with his little feet kicking back and forth. Fuck is going on here? (laughs) What the fuck is going on here? And then there's these other assholes who I won't name because I've named enough people. There's other assholes that had this whole reputation that they would try to be the tough guy and bully, you know, tough love on all the staff. Oh, fuck off. Like, who wants to work for you, you fucking moron? (laughs) Right? And you hear these stories from these interns that worked for these guys and apparently how they were such hard asses. What the fuck? Who are (laughs) Shut up. I should name them all. <laughs> Just embarrass the shit out of them because they're fucking do nothings. But yeah, all the guys, we had great relationships. So when Eric's like, hey, Tom Telesco, oh my God, a baby, sing like a canary. 
for anybody who got their feelings hurt, tough shit. You've never, you've never been fired. You've never had a relationship at work where you felt like you were doing everything they asked you to do, yeah. and then they treated you like shit. That's what he had, and he took a shot at him. Tom's just sitting at home in his cardigan, eating a little bowl of orange sherbet <laughs> with his little raccoon hands. God damn it. Get Bill Polian on the phone. Tom, you're at home. We don't work for you. If you want Bill Polian on the phone, you call him yourself. God damn it. I don't even want my Sherbert anymore. Fuck. That was all John's idea. I loved it. What's going on? Yeah. What the hell? I, by the way, I do love the fact that he mentioned those quarterbacks that called him or text him because everybody. When, look, when you're talking about every quarterback he's mentioning, a Hall of Fame quarterbacks that yeah. are te- shows you how how good Peyton he was. Manning. Ben Roethlisberger. You're talking about guys who appreciated how hard it was to compete against you on Sundays. I I just like, he might not get in the Hall of Fame for a long time because he unfortunately is in San Diego. You know, most of his career is in San Diego, and a lot of people might not realize oh, you know he, that, the Sunday night games and that shit. But you know what? Who's going to get him in? It's going to be those guys that are going to get him in eventually. They're yeah. going to go, dude, I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm a Hall of Famer. That fucking guy was one of the best we ever played against. Yeah. Mark Schlereth. Yeah, like Mark I, <laughs> Look, we laughed at it. was Mark Schlereth. That was funny. Dude, Mark was great. Remember we used to bring yeah. Mark on? Mark his videos. Great. I Mark, love that dude. Mark, Mark is great. Mark was on TV last week or two weeks ago. He was on, on Fox, on the national TV show. Okay. And the comment was about how great his lawn looks in Denver. How he goes, yeah. yeah, he goes, I'm really strict about my lawn. He goes, I look at my neighbors and I go, you got to pick it up. And they go, really? And he goes, yeah, dude, I'm a total dick. And then after he said it, everybody was like, what the fuck? Did you just say dick on Fox? Like as soon as he said it, I think he realized he fucked up that he, that he said dick on there. But he just said, oh, yeah, I'm a total dick. Dude, <laughs> like... <laughs> Bring him out in the spring. Lawn oh tips gosh. with Mark Schlereth. Lawn tips. I could use but, them at Bonita Vista for sure. But fuck. Yeah. I mean, that that speaks volumes, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, Rodney, right? Yeah. Rivers understands. All those guys. Other than Merriman. Because <laughs> he gets paid. Don't listen to Sean Merriman, any of you. Yeah, he, they're on the payroll. He still gets paid by, by Dean. Forget that. Lights out. <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> that guy played both sides of the fence too. When they when they were about Lights to leave out. and then when they left, Hardwick's like, dude, pick a side. Pick a side. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, fuck. Unfucking believable. Remember when we were lights out radio at thirteen sixty? Yeah. Yeah. They thought that was gonna be a good play. Holy cannoli. <laughs> Hey, Jeff, I want to mention Dan Williams. Dan Williams wants to help you out with your finances. It's really important. Look, this phone call that you make to Dan can change your entire life. I'm not joking at all. Dan can really help you out. If you're one of those people in debt, and we know there are a lot of you out there, don't waste time. Call Dan Williams. Let him help you out at 858-688-6813. It's going to be a fast phone call. It's not going to cost you anything. 858-688-6813. Let's find that first home. If you're renting right now, it's insane the price of rent. So right now, let's get your first home. Dan can walk you through the process. Again, 858-688-6813. I try not to air dirty laundry on this show. Oh, shit. But I feel like tonight I have to. <laughs> I feel like Dan Williams, finance guru extraordinaire, owes me an apology. 
Okay. I think it was a lot of people apologizing on the well, show. It starts with me. <laughs> last week, or uh, not even last week, yesterday, Dan took to social media yeah. to point out a beautiful signed photo that he had of Raiders legend and uncle to a couple former San Diego Mustangs, Chris Bolitnikoff, Tracy Bolitnikoff, Fred Bolitnikoff. And he said, man, this is great. I love this. We were tagged in the post. Yeah. And I responded, well, it doesn't surprise me that you would have a Raider as a favorite player. And I included a trading card showing former Lions quarterback, even though Dan's from... Fargo or Ohio or wherever he's from. <laughs> but he loves the Lions. Yeah, he loves the Lions. Could have chosen the Browns, Bengals, Steelers. Right. Chose the Lions. He took the Lions. So I just Google Lions quarterback. And here comes a trading card of Bobby Lane with that Mark Mosley single bar face bar, yeah. face bar. And Bobby Mosley or uh, Bobby Lane is throwing the football underhanded. <laughs> And I said, well, it doesn't shock me if that, if the quarterback for my team had a single bar face mask and figures his best chance for success is throwing the ball underhanded, I'm probably looking elsewhere, starting with the silver and black. Dude, I guarantee that picture was taken after he just got sacked and was throwing the ball back to the referee. It's a posed card and it's like painted which means bobby lane had time to think about his decision and said hey you know what capture this i'm gonna throw the ball underhanded capture this now does dan come to me a friend and fellow king season ticket hold and say you know what jeff you're right thanks for acknowledging that no sends me a message on social media that says fuck you <laughs> he did i did see that that language we use yes. around here I, I, hey, facts are facts, buddy. That's an underhand. That looks like Eddie the King Fainer. <laughs> What's going on around here? So yeah, I'll tell you this: not only do you get financial advice, but you get good football advice from Dan too. Follow the Raiders. Yes. Don't follow the Lions. Absolutely right. Hey, I want to mention Brian Curry. I had a great talk with Brian Curry yesterday. It's always great to catch up with Brian. He's doing well after the surgery, by the way, in case you're wondering, because we talked about getting the gallbladder out. Yeah. After I asked him about how did you know, everything he described basically was what I'm going through. I think I oh, need the gallbladder boy. out. I'm telling you. I think I not even sympathy pains. I think Brian's going to change my life by going to the doctor. Look what he does for people. He's going to get the most for your home, most importantly. That's what he gets paid to do, and that's why he's so good at it. He's going to get the most for your home in this situation. We all know the housing market's insane. Guess what? The rental market's crazy. You don't want to be renting. You want to own, and if you own a home and you're looking to move, call the guy that's going to get the most amount of money for it. It's going to be worth the call, and at the same time, find your next home. Maybe it's the last home that you buy. You're ready to sit there and get it a little bit smaller because the kids aren't around. Brian Curry is your guy to help you out. Give him a call, 619-251-1588. No San Diego better than anybody else, 619-251-1588. Yeah, right now, so much is going on in the market. And uh, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, inventory is at an all-time low. So if you are a buyer, it makes the decision incredibly tough. How high do I go? Because look, it's an investment. You can go right now and pay twenty-five or fifty thousand over what the asking price is, 
and figure have it absorbed over a 30-year loan. But if in 15 years, the property that you paid 500000 for is now worth three eighty five, dollars you didn't do very well. The other point is, if you are a seller, how high do you go? You say, well, we bought it for two sixty, and I'd like to sell it for four fifty. But now all of a sudden people come in and that four fifty becomes five hundred or five twenty-five or five thirty. Man, how high do you go? You need somebody on your side that has seen everything. That is Brian Curry, 20 years at the highest level for Coldwell Banker. He will do it for you as well, especially during these crazy, crazy market. Let Brian Curry help you do the right decision. Taylor May Pools, Alan Taylor's the guy you want to talk to when it comes to your pool and your backyard to make all those memories happen. Taylor made pools, they're different than everyone else's. He has ideas to show you, meaning Alan Taylor, that will make you go, wow, I never even thought about something like this. He'll go through the 3D design virtual tour, show you what it's going to look like before it is done. Ask about available financing as well. Taylor made pools, they're the key to a great summer. 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. You know, some of you think you're really, really smart. Saying, hey, it cooled down a little bit. Yeah, it did. Have you looked at a tailor-made pool? We're ready for anything. It's one bad day, dipshits. It's February. When Fuck it's, off. When it's hot, there's the pool. <laughs> Got it? When it's hot, there's the pool. Check that box. When it's cold, there's the jacuzzi. Yes. Check that box. What about when it rains? What about when it rains? What do you knew? <clears throat> That's when you go into the grotto. Jesus. Where'd this guy? Let me finish because I better not yeah. attach this story to Taylor. <laughs> Remind me to tell you the story about Corvette Mike in a second. Okay. But yeah, you got the grotto. No matter what the situation, Taylor Made Pools has you covered. And we are here. Valentine's Day was yesterday. We didn't get a chance to do the show, or uh, Monday night was Valentine's Day. We had the Karen Valentine special. Remember that little yep. piece of sweetness? Unfortunately, Amy pulled the plug. <laughs> no more Karen Valentine. I said, God damn it. But, hey, what are you going to do? She's the boss. But, yeah, right now, go to DaveAndJeffShow.com. Look under sponsors. Check out TaylorMade Pools, and you can see all the great pools uh, that they've done for your neighbors, and they can do the next one for you. Absolutely. Kyle Flugers, you want to talk to when it comes to websites. I was on a website today, Jeff, no joke, for seven hours. Okay? Pornhub? It was not Pornhub because that one's easy to navigate. This one is not easy to navigate at all. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, I am so fucking lost. I can't tell how many times I had to log on and log back on, off uh, and on to just go, all right, where did I start? Because I swear I saw where I needed to be, and I could not fucking figure it out. The worst. Finally, I had to make that call. Nobody wants to have to sit there and make that call for help. It's embarrassing, yeah. right? Because you feel like an idiot, and it's going to take you forever to talk to somebody. My point is, there are a lot of bad websites out there. Look, if your website's not easy to navigate, that's problem number one. Kyle Fluger's an expert. He'll tell you exactly what kind of quality website you have and if it needs repairs or if you need to start brand new. 619-500-6621. 619-500-6621. Well, I complained the other day. I said, I'm not a drummer. I've never been a drummer. But Modern Drummer did a special issue for the late, great Charlie Watts, but it's impossible to buy it on their website. Well, they're obviously big fans of the podcast because I happen to circle back today and son of a bitch if it's not available. (laughs) 
So I ordered two. I said, well, hey, sometimes tough love is the best love. But yeah, I mean, right now, everybody is spoiled. They're spoiled by what is offered by so many different companies because it can start with Amazon where they over-deliver often. And is there anything, I don't know why. Sometimes you'll get that email from Amazon, right? And your package is out for delivery on Saturday. And then all of a sudden, at like five o'clock, they're like, nah, it's delayed. You won't get it till Tuesday. Yeah, I get those. It's not anything you're missing no. for. I'm like, canceled. <laughs> Do you cancel? For all that? the time. Even though like ordered like five pins. Yeah, Fuck it. so stupid. I'm buying the pins from them now. Fuck off. Yeah. That's I'm like, funny. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry I don't have the 10 toothbrushes right now. <laughs> the fuck is my problem? It's all me. It's not them. Like, 84 any- bars of Irish Spring. <laughs> fuck right. it. It's canceled. It's canceled. There you go. Have fun. <laughs> have fun now, smartass. <laughs> then like an hour later, you're like, well, I guess I better order the soap again. <laughs> I'm just going to show up. Uh, God damn, look at Aaron Donald just cruising around Staples Center. You know what's funny is Aaron Donald played in the Super Bowl the other day, right? Yeah. Was, like, he was he was incredible. AD, Aaron Donald, is healthier than fucking Anthony Davis. Yes. Fucking already gone. Hurt already again. God, I think that, I think he broke his foot. That thing looked terrible. Fuck. Goes but, down when somebody steps in the shadow. What a disappointment. <laughs> but you got to find the website. If your website, like Dave said, is not performing at the highest level. Boy, so many of our friends have taken our advice and use Kyle Pfluger, and they cannot say enough good things, you should do the same. Get your website up to the level that uh, you need it to be. You want to hear about uh, Corvette Mike? Yeah, yeah, and I got a Valentine's Day story for you real quick. Go ahead. So Corvette Mike was this guy who used to come into the uh, liquor store. Yeah. And he, he kind of uh, kind of looked like a poor man's Burt Reynolds, right, with the dark hair, <laughs> the mustache, drove a Corvette. But good dude. Yeah. Always had great-looking ladies with him, nice. right? So one night he comes in, and he goes, uh, he's got just these two beautiful women with him, right? And I'm like, hey, Corvette Mike, this ain't a bad situation, right? He's buying, like, he's buying some nice scotch, something like there, and uh, you know, a pack of cloves or something. <laughs> I go, hey, man, this is a good night. He goes, good night. I'm in a real dilemma here. I go, yeah, what the fuck's the problem? Because these two chicks right there? I go, yeah. He goes, yeah, we're going to go home. It's going to be a little action with them and then a little action with me. I go, okay, well, where's the problem? He goes, I have to explain everything to you. Let me get, can I guess? Yeah. He drives a Corvette and can't get two girls in the car. No, wrong. <laughs> okay, go ahead. He goes, <laughs> me and my buddy Boom were working and we laugh about this story to the end of time. He goes, I got these girls. He goes, I got the camera in one hand. Oh, fuck. The baby oil and my yang in the other. How do I manage my drink? <laughs> I go, goddamn Corvette, Mike. I don't know. Not to the issue. He goes, yeah, fuck. Everybody thinks it's great. And then all of a sudden, you got to try to figure out, I only have two hands. So, again, he had the camera in one hand. You tell him straw. Wear one of those hats, like at the stadium with the two beers on the side of it. Where were you? That would have been great. That would have been great. Like the hard hat? Yeah, that'd be a hell of a port. Why is that guy fucking with a hard hat on with beer on the side? We're like... (laughs) like, 
Corvette Mike was probably in his, at that point, like late 40s, yeah. right? So we're like 19, Boomy's like 20. So late 40s might as well have been 60s, right? Like, what the fuck's he doing with baby oil? Nah, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> yeah. So when I was yeah. saying, like, Corvette Mike understood the issues, man. He had to try to adjust on the fly. He yeah. had camera, get a goddamn tripod. That is funny as shit. Look, at the, you know what's funny is, okay, I was thinking about the babe oil thing. Like, you're looking for a disaster, right? I mean, it's, it's going right through your sheets into that mattress. It's going in the lens. Right. Anybody have a camera? <laughs> it's, going, it's going everywhere. Now, I, I think, look, if I was with a girl and I went into her bedroom and it smelled like babe oil, I'd go, yeah, all yeah. right, fine. But if a girl came to my house and I was thinking it smells like babe oil, she's thinking, this guy's a weirdo. I better call the cops. I, I think if you go in there, <laughs> you might want to find out who was there before you. Exactly right. Goddamn Jerry Buss in here? What the hell happened? <laughs> Your mattress never dries out with babe oil. Right. I just laugh. <laughs> did you watch that Andre the Giant yeah, documentary? Yeah, of course I did. Remember how they were saying that he hated Macho Man Savage? Yeah. And he'd always come in and Andre would be playing cards and he'd just scream at Macho, no baby oil. Get out of here. <laughs> then they said he'd take that hand and just smack. Ah! Ah, he'd crack him. But when Hogan does that impression, no baby oil. Scream. I don't know why that cracks me up all the time. Dude, everything Andre the Giant does makes me laugh. Right. It was so great. It was so fucking great. Um, all right, so, so we're talking about Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. I've been with, with I've been at the same person, obviously, 30 years. We didn't do anything crazy. So my son, though, Valentine's Day is with, in a serious relationship, and he Good wanted to surprise the girl that he's with. She flew out to Nashville. He says to her, we're going somewhere else to dinner in Franklin where Boach is. Oh, yeah. Tells her that's where we're going. She comes out, and there's an Uber waiting for them, and he's going to take her to the Dua Lipa concert, okay? Oh, at nice. Bridgestone Arena. Nice. Hard to get tickets, the whole deal, and it's going to be a surprise. She has no idea. Okay. As soon as they get in the car, the Uber driver turns around. Dua Lipa, can you believe it? Tonight, what a night it's going to be. Oh, And he's shit. like, what the fuck? You know? Yes. <laughs> Did I ruin the surprise? Yeah, you are the worst Uber driver of all time. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Who does that? Who does that? Chirpy? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? He's just like. How much you Uber? I can't believe it. Uh, not, not a lot. Hold on. I got to tell you his move, which is, which is impressive to me. Cause he, okay. my son does things once in a while that I'm going, man, I would never do Like I'm a, I'm a big rule follower. Yeah. So they're at Bridgestone arena. Mm -hmm. He, uh, he sees a buddy of his that, that is down the row from him and he didn't know he was going to be there. And he goes, I didn't know you're coming to the concert. It wasn't because I went on one of these dating sites. Some girl said, who wants to do something crazy? And he goes, I'm in. And he goes, she had an extra ticket for Dua Lipa. And he goes, here I am. And he goes, shows up. So he got in for, for nothing, meeting nice. this girl for the first time. There's a skybox right behind them. No one's using it. Okay. His buddy goes, dude, let's use the box. So they step over, jump in the box, the whole deal. They watch the tire guns over someone's box. That's goddamn great. And Josh is like, at one point, I got to go use the restroom. He goes, what are you doing? Just use the restroom in the box. Oh, yeah, we have a restroom in there, too. Nice. So would you ever step into an empty box, turn the lights on, and enjoy a concert that no one, I didn't pay for this shit? Uh, That's a big move. That's more than moving up a couple rows. Yeah, we were at a Clippers game. Uh, Clippers... A couple of weeks back, Clippers Orlando. Okay. And our buddy, uh, Rob Conley. Yeah. 
sent me a text. He goes, hey, man, you here? I go, yeah. He goes, dude, come on down. We got a box. And what had happened was the Clips have nobody right now, yeah. right? Paul George is nah, out. It's terrible. Yeah, Kawhi's out. So there's nothing going on. So uh, uh, Rob and his two buddies were going to the Brandon Lee fight that night. Yeah. So they're like, well, we got time to kill. Let's go to uh, Staples. So they bought two tickets for like 18 bucks yeah. to get them in this box. But like, you only have two tickets. So he goes, hey, meet me down at the thing. So I could give, like, I paid like seven bucks to yeah. get in. So I'm like, fuck it. Let's go. All fun. So Rob came down. The usher's like, what? Hey, we're all together. Let's go. Hey, you're doing great. Good to see you. We just fast talk him. Rob's like, just fucking go. Me, Jack Cade, cut by. We go up and we just went in. Hung out. There was nobody there. Not like we caused a huge mess. Yeah. Uh, and it was super fun. But it, it's Josh's story is a little different because like we all paid and then we all paid a combined twenty five bucks to get in. <laughs> but you play more in a high school game. It is. But climbing over the wall like that, yeah, fuck. Can you imagine? The girls were up for it? Yeah. See, that's the cool thing. When yeah. the girl's like, hell yeah, I'm going over the wall. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I'm going over the wall, yeah. That's that's pretty good. I like that. Yeah, that, those girls are keepers. Oh, my gosh. All right, here we go. Let's knock this out. It's been a long show. So we're going to okay. go celebrity birthdays. This is one of those dates on the calendar where you go, holy shit, that's a lot of famous people on one day. Okay. February 17th. Okay, it's the day for tomorrow. We're going to start off with a big name, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, uh, let's see. I'm going to say he's 59. Exactly right. I'm going to say, let's say 1.2. 1. 1.6. I'm still impressed. Even though you missed by mm. 400 million, I'm impressed. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's impressive. <Yeah. laughs> there you go. Okay. Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. Uh... I'll say 34. 31. I laugh every time I hear Ed Sheeran, I laugh because that's what Jake had on his bio. Yeah. President of the Ed Sheeran fan club. I never heard Jake listen to an Ed Sheeran song in my life. And he said he was a manager at Forever 21. Yeah. <laughs> never worked there either. Okay, <laughs> and there's a, uh, there's a Forever 21 in the Carlsbad Mall. Yeah. And we get up to Carlsbad every now and then. And when I see that Forever 21, I'm like... Dude, I do too. I laugh every time I see it. It makes me smile. That's so goddamn great. That is just brilliant writing. Oh, um, fuck. I'll say uh, $60 million. $200 million. Fuck! Yeah, $200 million. Good for him. Paris Hilton. Uh -huh. Paris Hilton is going to be... Say she's 38. 41. Nice. Four, 41. I sat next to her at the 2004 NBA All-Star game. Cool. Uh, we didn't talk, but dude, much better looking than you'd think. Yeah. Pretty good looking girl. Uh, she's part of that Hilton thing plus her own money. I'll say $300 million. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Here we go. As the great Dick Enberg used to say, hubba hubba. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Here's another big name, Jim Brown. Goddamn. Jim Brown's the man. Yeah. Oh, is he? Is that right? Did you ever see me? Shut up. Uh, Jim Brown. Fuck, I'm going to say Jim Brown's 82. 86. Fuck. Yeah. Let's say 35 million. $30 million. Pretty close. We had him on the show. That yeah, was we did. pretty fucking great. Yeah. My, he didn't have to be cool, dude. He was yeah. great. 
No, he, he was cool. And I remember, uh, if you remember, 1983. Remember the talk that yeah. his record is about to be broken and the talk that he might come out of retirement. And he was on Sports Illustrated. What the uniform, Raider uniform. Raider uniform. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, when I was uh, in high school, and I just graduated high school, I had a job at a sporting goods store, one of those big ones. It was Sport Mart. Yeah. And I told him, he came in, and I told the guy next to me, I'm going to tackle him. Fucking and he goes, out of your fucking mind? And yeah. I said, no one ever tackles him in those videos, in those films. I'm going to tackle Jim Brown. Jim Brown. <laughs> I would have got them. sued. Yeah, he'd have fucked you He would have beat the fuck out of me, and I would have got sued. I probably couldn't have brought him down either. It would have been embarrassing. I would just bounced yeah. off the back yeah. of his like, hamstring. He fucking smoked you. He, <laughs> he yeah. would, Let's see, that was... 33 years ago, he's 86 now. What, at 53? Yeah. Yeah, he would have killed me. Yeah. <laughs> 100% would have killed me. Dude. He didn't, all I know is he didn't have to be cool, and he was. Yeah. And that was, he knew how, I think he knew pretty quick. We were pretty fired up to have him on. Absolutely. All right, last one on here, because you San Diego ties. Went to El Camino High School. Oh. Okay. Denise Richards. Really? Yep. Well, how about that? Uh, I'm going to say one great movie scene and people love her forever. Right. How can you not? 51, 54. Okay. 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 18 million, $12 million. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, okay. Not a bad batch for February 17. Not bad at all. Save oh. the best for last. All right, here we go. Five random questions. Okay. Who's the- <laughs> this happened to me. That's why I'm asking this question. When is the last time you got yelled at by like another adult and you had to take it? <laughs> I got yelled at. I got yelled at last week while you're thinking about it because I was two minutes late to a Zoom call. And I just Who got, yelled at you? It's uh, so here's the deal. I'm doing I'm doing uh voiceover stuff. So I'm taking oh, yeah. so when I'm doing I've obviously I've talked in front of a microphone forever, but doing commercial voiceover stuff is completely different than what you and I do. Mm-hmm. You're you're basically um, reacting without giving information the way we do on this. We just talk and we're, we're projecting yeah. your voice different. So he's kind of teaching me how to do things. Anyway, I was two minutes late on because I didn't have the right. So it's go to meeting. I don't have go to meeting on oh, my yeah. computer. You ever use go to meeting? Yeah. Never, never used it. So I was late trying to figure it out. And this guy laid into me like fucking Vince Lombardi. He did? And I deserved it. There's nothing I could say because I'm listening to this guy and this guy's made tons and tons of money as uh, basically a voice actor. Does Is it cartoons. Mel Blank? It's not Mel Blank. And I, nothing, I'm just looking at him, and I'm one of those guys like you that thinks, I know what you're going to say because you you have the same thought as me. The, the, one of the most embarrassing things and disrespectful things you mm-hmm. could do to someone is assume your time is more important than someone else's time. Yeah. And that's what I did to him. So I understand. So I'm just listening to it. But, man, I don't, I'm thinking, I don't remember the last time an adult person has yelled at me in my, in the longest, since maybe school. Like, yeah. who? Who yells at another yeah. adult? Nobody. Shut up. Right. But I, man, I took a beat. He apologized to me today. Sometimes uh, I got to kick you in the ass a little bit, like instead of, uh, instead of, instead of yeah, like Mo, Gr- five, Mo Green talking about yeah. it to Michael Corleone, yeah. his brother begging two cocktail waitresses at a time. Got to kick you in the ass. Yeah, yeah. I took it. So when's the last time you got yelled at? Probably, um, probably like by Brian Long or Shepard. Uh, yeah, how I didn't fucking beat the shit if i see either one of those guys in the street <laughs> i don't know if either one yelled at, yeah they always yelled at me that's for sure well <laughs> we get we get people to get really really upset yeah uh at work and it so they're more mad at the situation yeah, but not, they aren't it's not directed straight at you no no, no no but the great thing is what we do with them all the time is you don't get many of them like 99 percent of the people we deal with are great yeah. 
But every now and then you get one who's really wound up. And so you just go full, full Belichick. Full Belichick. Hey, I'm really sorry for what happened. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> yeah, I apologize. I hate seeing that. No, I hate seeing sure. that. Yeah. I hate seeing that. And it's just like, I just see, like, it's just a game, right? Like, how far can I keep yeah, doing just it? Just keep trying to defuse it? Yeah. It's funny as fuck. Because, like, shit happens. Yeah. And you feel bad, and you go, yeah, we got to fix that. Yeah. But, like, it, when they're freaking out, and then eventually they, they just, they run out of gas. And then it's like, yeah, you go, I get it. I'm the most impatient guy ever, so. But, no, as far as, like, um. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really have, yeah. Cause I, I, I know what, like I told the guy, fuck off. Like, shut up. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm too much. Like, you can't tell anybody you want I, to fuck. No, I wouldn't. No, I'm, I'm, I was literally calling him for a service. I was looking for help from him. I got I was it. in the wrong. It would be, it was different. That guy, by the way, my neighbor who we're now friends again, he laid into me a couple of years ago for one straight hour. And he said, I didn't say a word about what? Oh, when we, when our friendship fell apart. And he was pissed off. And so I said, um, I said, yeah. And he, he apologized to me last Friday about that. He goes, I keep thinking about that for three years going, I've known you for a long time. And if anyone else did that, you would say, hold on, I'll be right there. And he would have beat the shit out of me. Yeah. And he goes, you in a trash can. He, goes, you, he goes, you didn't come over and beat the fuck out of me. He said, no, I'm doing that. That's what I kept telling him. He kept no. waiting for me to fucking punch him in the face. I said, dude, I'm not going to punch you in the face. Well, maybe we do it. Right. Should we punch him in the face and bring him over? Yeah. Maybe do just uh, is that Robert Woods. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, maybe you just do it just to fucking give him the payoff that he's. <laughs> which, which, which trash can do we stuff him in? Oh, both of them. <laughs> yeah, I thought there was Leave Schreiber in the middle. Who's that with him? I don't know. Not Weddle. Let's, let's talk about Aaron Donald. Jeff is watching yeah. the Laker game. Not Weddle. That's funny as hell. All out right, out of sight, out of mind. Do you have <laughs> do you have a telltale sign? That shows you're upset, you're angry. Like, what would your kids say? Oh, oh, or yeah. at work, or at work. Either the people at work or your kids would know. What is your sign? That's an oh fuck. I hate every guy on my team because they do 27 different impressions that are so spot on funny that I can't breathe. I I like it. Like if I get called on that stuff, yeah. John Fricky, who I I love Fricky. Fricky's great. I remember hearing stories coming out of 690. You remember this? That if they, Salisbury didn't give a shit. Sean and John were doing the morning show and they would do, I think Milton, I think Million would do, uh, (laughs) do promos. I heard that in years. Million. Jeff and I worked with Milton Hines and our boss couldn't say Milton. So So she called him Million. Million. Million, you get this together. (laughs) Uh, but he told us, like, he just had promos. Like, dude, he busted Saw's ball. Yeah. Like, Saw, to his credit, Saw took it. Oh, they were great. Yeah. And so, he, God, he killed us on 800. They were so goddamn funny. And, like, you just got to take it. But my kids, yeah, I my kids do very good facial expressions of their mom. Yeah. Like, they have all her mannerisms down. I don't know that she finds it nearly as funny as I do. I find it awesome. Like, I go, I don't care what you do. You just do that every now and then when we're hanging out. And I'll, you're the greatest. But then I asked him, I'm like, okay, well, uh, like, if I get mad, my son Cade told me, he goes, oh, yeah. He goes, dad, 
The F word and the S word become best friends. <laughs> they go everywhere together. And he said, there's days when I'm like, man, I've never heard him use it more than he used it right then. That's it. And then we'll do something two days later, and there's a new personal record. So, yeah, a whole lot of cussing going on. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big cusser, too. Yeah. I think um, I think most people would say it's probably through my, my forehead and my eyebrows. Where I'm just, all right, right. fucking you cross the line yeah. kind of a deal. Because in, in, in baseball, man, where I probably get the most upset now, I, you can't sit there and cuss at an umpire. You're going to throw it out. No. And you get, like, no joke, 11 yeah. hours of anger management in, a, in high school if you get thrown don't out. Don't you have, like, for the most part, I don't know these guys, but seriously, like the umpires, don't you? You have an appreciation, right? They're trying to do it the right way. Some yes, some no. I think the ones in the North County fuck over the guys on the south in the South Bay on Good. purpose. I like that. That makes me Happens happy. all the time. Good. That means they're doing their job right. Fuck you, guys. Time. Fuck you guys. <laughs> what is your favorite topic to talk about? Oh, I like that. My son Jack is pretty convinced that it's 99, uh, 88% WWE, 11% Golden State Warriors, and 1% anything family related. He's wrong, but I do like that. I, I'll talk about whatever those two guys are into. Like, yeah. it, it's just, it's so. Like, if you met somebody that said, hey, man, I listen to the show, I'm a fan, um, and then starts talking to you, and I know you, you're in your mind, you're like, hey, I appreciate the fact you listen, but I got to get away. No. <laughs> you don't feel wrong. that way? No, wrong. I okay. want to hear about them. Okay. Like, I like meeting people, and okay. if somebody's nice enough to tune into this stupid show, um, I do. I like I like hearing about them, and that's why like I'm fired up for the movie. The the movie's coming up on the 25th. Who don't you want to sit next to? Oh shit! I I was pretty selective in who we got in. That's a great group, dude. That is a great group. I'm I'm I I'm so excited to see these idiots. Yeah. I, the dumbest thing that I do, I cannot get enough of cheap cheap shot and Pete. Yeah. The fact that he put, I'm not from Coronado, on his Twitter bio makes me so happy. Yesterday, I subscribed to this. Well, I don't subscribe to it. I follow this thing on Twitter called Ringside Seat. Yeah. And every now, every day, Ringside Seat will put out this day in boxing history. And you'll see some good fights, right? Ray Leonard, Marvin Hagler. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they'll put up these videos of just the biggest mismatch <laughs> and yesterday, it was middleweight champion Julian Jackson against this contender, Ishmael Negron. I go, who the fuck made this match? Ishmael Negron. Did you send this to me because I saw this? I put it on social media. Okay. I said, hey, Dave, remember when Pete told us That's Ishmael's right. going to be world champion? And you watch his video for like 15 seconds, and all of a sudden, Jackson just hits him with a perfect left hook, and Ishmael is out cold. Yeah. And then I put hashtag Pete and Point Loser. <laughs> and, and so just because I know he's such a low-hanging fruit and Gavin and the rest of these guys. Yeah. So I said, hey, everybody, I put together the guest list for the movie. Just please double check and make sure I don't have anybody missing. I had checked the list like four times. I knew I was fine. But I just wanted them to see. So I have Dave and Jeff and Jack and Cade, Flugs, right? And then right in the middle, right at about spot 13, 
Pete and Point loser. And then I put everybody else's name. And he just wants to fight the whole group. <laughs> I, my sons are so excited that he's going because they love him. Yeah, they, they he love, is a great guy. They love that I torture him on social media. They love all his stuff. But I said, they. he had said originally that he wasn't going to go. Yeah. But now he's in. I'm So I'm sorry Billy's not going. No, I love that. Billy's group. not making it? Billy can't go. Oh, what the fuck's he doing? Who knows? But <laughs> probably making donations to Jake's no, project. So shut up. No kidding. Um, but no, that, I can't wait to see Kenyatta. I can't wait to see all of them, man. Yeah. It'll be a great night. Why? Who, who do you not want to sit next to? No, I'm fine. I'm, I said it's any of those guys. A lot of those people I haven't, I, I haven't met in person. I've never met Kenyatta in person. No, I haven't either. Yeah. But he'll, Erica? Yeah, fine. Fucking that little twerp will be I'm there. I'm tall, so I'll have to sit in front of me. No shit. God damn. Once she signed up, I was like, ah, oh, now I feel bad I didn't get the four o'clock movie. Keeping her out past nine o'clock at night on school night. Well, it's a Friday. But, uh, yeah, no, I like yeah. that. We were selective in that group. Yeah. Like we did the And I keep getting public. people saying there's any room. I keep getting over and over again. You guys should have responded faster. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry, you're out. <laughs> I didn't say it like that. I just you didn't. Responded faster. Was sorry, it Maddie Gilbranson? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Elston? No, it wasn't Elston. What is your preferred method of communication? Oh, that's funny. Uh probably ninety percent text yeah i'm with you but i have uh um i have a handful of friends that calls um like you'll get this uh, like most of it is text or whatever but there'll be times like driving down from carlsbad dude you get stevie woods on the phone for 20 minutes it is fucking fall over funny yeah. right um yeah so calls and then every now and then you get out and you see your buddies uh or your friends for for burger and a beer and that's great like like seeing people in person is great like i mean having Weddle tonight was goddamn great oh sure was all right which family member are you closest to last one um taking my sons out of it no his family member you could pick your sons yeah oh by far by far because <laughs> Like I was thinking of your brother and your sister, but oh yeah, no, I have a great relationship with them. But but my sons, it's just a different level. Like my son texted me today, coolest shit ever. He goes, "Hey, they were selling candy bars at school, so I bought you a candy bar. It's in the fridge." So I go, "Oh, that was nice of you." He goes, "Yeah, dark chocolate and almonds." So I go, "God damn, that was really nice. Thanks." About an hour and a half goes by. Yeah. I thought it was dark chocolate and almonds. It was milk chocolate and almonds, so I gave it to Jack. You want me to get you a dark chocolate one tomorrow? I go, how the hell did he take it? And, uh, he said, Dad doesn't like this, pretty much as he's undoing the wrapper. I'm like, shocker. Um, so, yeah, those two guys, for sure. Because, yeah, like, you know it. Your kids will call you on your bullshit faster than oh, anybody. Yeah. And when they do... Uh, uh, for me, when they call me on that shit, it just it goddamn makes me laugh every time. Who? It's Josh, oh, it's Josh. right? Yeah, yeah. It's easy, easiest to Josh. Uh, one quick thing for you, and I got a quick FU of the day for you. <laughs> Great. And then I'll get out of here. You told that awful story about Twilight Zone. And the oh, guy yeah. In, about the MRI? 
Yeah, and the guy in the coffin. Yeah. So yesterday I had to go for the MRI. You had an MRI on what? Your knee? Uh, neck. Oh, okay. Neck and shoulder. And so I go, and anybody who does an MRI, they make you fill out, you know, 9,000 different things, right? And including, like, do you have a tattoo? Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, I didn't know any of that. And one of the things they ask are, are you claustrophobic? And I was like, no. <laughs> so I, <laughs> It's all right now. Yeah. I checked the box, and the guy goes, okay, what's going on? I go, dude, it's jacked up from this yeah. car accident. He goes, okay. So very sweet lady. She's like, okay, and you, know, you got to put the gown on. You're all fucking yeah. jacked up. They got to come up with better gowns, by the way. It's ridiculous. Right. This whole right. tying in the back bullshit yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, stupid. Give me, like, uh, anything. How about, like, a poncho style or yeah. something? Goddamn King's jersey. <laughs> right? Give me a Dave Taylor, 18. Well, so, Andrew went with the jersey to something yes. gigantic. Yeah. Yeah, right? Manute Bowl. <laughs> and uh, so they go, okay, have you had these done before? I go, yeah, my knees are all fucked up. They go, okay, well, this is different because you're going in, obviously, your head and neck. I yep. go, that's fine. And they go, okay, put your earplugs in. Is this and, the first time you've gone in like that head first? I feel like it. Yeah. Yeah, fuck. Okay. And Me so uh, so I was like, all right. So, and they're like, hey, if you could take a nap, I go, yeah, it's fine. Good luck. Right? And they go, well, here's your emergency button. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah? Do people use this thing? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, people, they get claustrophobic or whatever. I go, all right. I go, listen, my plan is earplugs in, eyes closed, yeah. and we'll go in and get this shit done. Never open your eyes when you're in there. Never. Well, now you tell me. Yeah. So they start pushing this thing in, Fuck. and immediately I flash back to you and yeah. the goddamn coffin coffin thing. And so I'm going, and all of a sudden, like, I'm going in and going in and going in and going in, and it's getting tight on yeah. my shoulders. As as, yeah, you think it's tight before you go in. Yeah. And then when you go in, it, it pushes them even closer. And all of a sudden, I'm down, and I look up, and Dave, I felt like my nose was touching this thing. Good. Ah, and I said- I want to die. Just listen to the story. And I said to the lady, how long am I in here for? And she 45 goes, minutes. 60 minutes. I go, out! <laughs> <laughs> she goes, what? I go, fuck no. Yeah. I go, sorry. And I go, I'm sorry if I fucked everything up. And she goes, no, we haven't even, she goes, the way it gets bad. Is when you're almost done and you say, I can't do it. Yeah. I've done that too. And I, I said, I, I got to get out now. Yeah. And Dave, I'm telling you, like you go through a lot that, that it couldn't have been seven seconds that it takes yeah. to drag you out. It felt like seven hours yes. to get out. And they were so sweet. And I was like, God damn. <laughs> <laughs> and uh dude it is really bad i'm not kidding you it's really bad so they were awesome and got me rescheduled for the yeah. open mri there's so an go, open one yeah they i never heard open. of such a thing yeah well i'll let you know i go march 1st okay holy but shit dude it was it's right on your fucking face it, it felt like you're in a coffin yeah but i feel like even in a coffin you're if i was in a coffin at least like when you've been to funerals there's room between the stiff and the roof, yeah. right? Fuck. No. Da, da, da. Yeah. Yeah. Emergency back. Fuck. Oh, you're my like, God. You're like trying to answer the question on Jeopardy, clicking the fuck out of that thing. Oh, fuck. I was all just jelly-legged. I was like, oh, God. Dude, I, I know. Where are my goddamn clothes? Get this <laughs> gown off of me. Fuck. 
And I would cry. Dude, I told you, I get in the car, I'm looking around like, how's everyone else living a normal life? Don't you know what just happened? Jesus, I'm so, <laughs> God damn it. And the lady, yeah, the lady was so funny. She's like, yeah, the doctor recommended you. He came down here. He lasted about four seconds. No, 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 no. So, yeah, you ruined that whole. Sorry. Well, I think I would have tapped out anyways. Yeah. But thinking about that guy being buried. Yeah, never open your eyes on one of those things. Ever. Oh, now you tell me. All right, uh, we'll be back here uh, Sunday night. Good deal. All right, everybody.